Beards for Radio. All right, guys, welcome back to the first episode in the year 2021. Hoping to put 2020 behind us in the rear view. We've got a packed show for you guys. We're going to be talking about the Mandalorian. And then we're talking about another Mandalorian by the name of Boba Fett. If you guys didn't know, he, he's back, right? Um, we're also going to uh, talk about some of the Lions' new hires, man. It seems like the inmates are running the asylum, and it might be a good thing. Good thing for the city of Detroit and the franchise. Um, and then we're going to end it with a little bit of Super Bowl talk, you know? Is it going to be, you know, what somebody kind of ascribed as Jordan versus LeBron? You know, you got Mahomes versus uh, TV, but, you know, it's going to be a n- nice little talk with me and Joe. Haven't heard this guy's voice in a little bit, Joe. But, guys, welcome. Marriage for Radio. I'm Sasha. And I'm Joe. And, Sasha, that was very elegantly put, talking about just bringing in the new year. I know January is almost up, but still, it's still, it's still a brand new year. Uh, so far, so good. And, yeah, lots to get to. All right, man. If you want to – what do you think about the Mandos? Lorian series, season two, right? Well, I mean, I, I think it cemented itself as the best show on any platform right now that's currently airing. And it brought in so many past characters from other Star Wars stories. Obviously, Boba Fett, um, Ahsoka Tano, Luke Skywalker, R2-D2. I, I guess, uh, spoiler alert, if anybody here is has not seen it and was planning to, but we're just opening right off with that. And the the last episode especially just brought into like, so many storylines. Introduced a lot of different factors. I thought the Dark Troopers were like one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a Star Wars screen. You know, right? Yeah, those those were definitely cool. And um, uh, you know, me Ahsoka is my homegirl. You know, she's my pretty much my favorite Star Wars. You know, character modern. You know, not not old school. Han's always going to be my old school guy, right? I like I like Ahsoka because she's 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 a character that sticks sticks strong to her convictions. You know what I'm saying, and and um, and even if something is hard for her to do, she's going to do it. So it was awesome to see Rosario Dawson in great casting come in that one episode when when, when Ahsoka came in because it just opens the door for so much stuff, so many things. They talked about Thrawn. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, it's it's getting to the point where they're gonna have a Ahsoka spinoff, so I think her coming into you know in a, in the Star Wars live action world, I guess you'd say. I don't, I don't know how you your word for it, yeah. But opens up so many doors because Rebels was such a good you know animated series that if people haven't gone and seen Rebels, go. Watch Rebels is such a good series. I like the better than the Clone Wars series myself, but I think that's all going to come into play, you know, later on. I feel like Filoni and Favreau have this kind of. I don't want to say that they're going to follow the lines of the MCU and the Infinity, you know, Gauntlet Saga and the Stone right, Saga, right? Where everything's but, kind of like interconnected, you know, and you got to like keep up with all the storylines. Yeah, but I, but I believe that's kind of how they're going. I think, I think 
you're gonna you're gonna put Thrawn in the in, in place of Thanos, and that's what's gonna revolve around that big Thrawn moment. I think I think Ezra and Thrawn play such a big role. That's again, if you've ever seen Rebels, you know it's gonna come full circle, I believe. And plus, what what makes me believe that is Ahsoka. The, her whole mission in that village was to look for Thrawn. She was looking for Thrawn, his his whereabouts. So it it, it tells me that she is still <clears throat> on a mission where she left off from the end of Rebels. Uh, like I said, you have to watch it to understand, you know, what happens at the end of Rebels. Yeah. But you know, I think I think all that's gonna come full circle and you know a lot of people are calling for Rebels show to come, like a sequel to come. I, I, leave it alone. We're 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 they're, they're they're jumping into the real world action. And I and I think it's in good hands with Filoni and Fanbro. So I, I enjoyed what I've seen uh this season, but I don't want to ramble on Joe, what was your favorite takeaways from Mando? Um, each episode really just kept surprising us as an audience or like finding a way to get us excited again. You know, the, the first episode was great where it went back to that, that town on Tatooine and helped destroy the crate dragon with, uh, Timothy Oliphant and, oh, you know, yeah. to, to win back that, that Mandalorian armor. And at the end of that episode, we saw what we all thought was Boba Fett and, you know, turned out to be Boba Fett at the time. And, you know, he comes back a couple episodes later, like, they, they didn't, like, rush that too much. I really appreciated how they let that, uh, they let uh, Din Djarin's story develop. And then Boba Fett came back, and, you know, he's not, like, a good guy. He's not a villain like he was in the original trilogy. He's kind of, like, that neutral character, kind of like a, a Deadpool or someone like that. Oh yeah, um, most definitely. Like so, he's like that anti-hero kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it was so it's cool seeing person. that that character get resurrected and get more screen time because he had like five lines in the original trilogy uh, combined. Right. So like to see his character on screen, and we're gonna get a whole TV show now based around him. That's gonna be awesome. And then yeah, uh, bringing back Luke Skywalker too at the very end of the season, kind of getting his. Uh, Rogue One hallway moment, like like Darth Vader got. Yeah, most definitely, and we we always said that that that's probably like one of the the greatest you know Darth yeah. Vader moments in 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 all in to me in all Star Wars you know you know cinema history. But back to back to the that first episode with Tim, Timothy Oliphant, you know what I'm saying? They hinted. You know, the funny thing is they they hinted towards you know uh that that dragon. You know, living in an old Sarlacc pit, and they're like, "Well, yeah, how can that be?" Well, you did they have to, you know, kill the Sarlacc. So you're thinking, like, "Oh, they're already like hinting towards it." It was great. And Timothy Oliphant, who always somehow seems to play a marshal in like everything <laughs> he does, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, dude, it was great to see, uh, you know, Boba's armor. And then, like, my favorite part was when he's like, "Where he he knew his armor was in." Uh, the Mando's ship, and then he he disappears, and you know, yeah, he goes, you know, you know, he's coming back for it, dude. Exactly. So you know that that whole that whole scene where he comes back, and then you know the two the two uh the two uh spaceships take off, and he leans. I'm like, oh, he's gonna lean forward and hit him with the rocket. That happened. It was just it's very nostalgic. You know, like I I always go back to what you said about you know, what they're doing with the Mando show is that they're giving a little bit to everybody, the new school, the middle school, the old school, even the, the fanboys that 
complain that uh, you know not everything's not like ninety. You know, so you know, I, I I really you every time I think about that, I'm like Joe is so right. You just have everything across the board for everybody. So right, it's it's yeah. like an unhateable show. Like everybody I've talked to, just has raving reviews about it. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. And you, like you said about the whole. He had he had the Darth Vader corridor moment. It's kind of funny you said that because I started watching uh, New Hope the other the other night. I'm on Revenge of uh, 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 Empire Strikes Back now. Oh nice! Uh, I was watching I was watching New Hope, but I'm like, you know what? You can't watch New Hope without watching the end of Rogue One. You have to watch that corridor scene. To me, it's just like it's there's no it's that's what you have to do. If you want to watch New Hope, you can't watch New Hope without watching that corridor scene and you know and the overlap into a new hope. So Yeah. That's funny because I actually spent the last couple weekends of twenty twenty rewatching all of the Star Wars movies, including uh Solo and Rogue One between episode three and episode four. So I I just one day decided to watch Phantom Menace because I was like Maybe this isn't as bad as I recall it being. And to be fair, it wasn't as bad. It still it still wasn't great. But I rewatched it and I was like, this is a little bit more enjoyable than I remember. And then I rewatched Attack of the Clones. I was like, no, this one is still the worst. And then like I right. kept I just kept going after that. And so I got them fresh in my mind. So that was I was glad I did that, you know. Use and, a and you know, go and, ahead. And, and, and speaking of like you know like how Ahsoka kind of sticks her like her guns, I wish that I really do wish that uh, Lucas would have stuck to his guns with the whole Jar Jar Binks being the secret Sith. You know, yeah, would have made everything so much better than you know bringing in an old Count Dooku. Like, you know, like, yeah, he really he comes with another villain with an English accent. You know, but yeah, um, if he if he yeah. really did jump ship because of fan backlash, and that's that's just a weak move by him. Right, and, and, and it's something that, like, God, I would have loved to see it. I, you know, they, they might still be able to carry it on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, I, I'm blessed to work with three other Star Wars geeks that kind of like go back and forth on stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just the, the gap between you know this episode, you know, six and episode seven is a 30 year gap. You know, this is where Mando fits in. This is where, you know, this Ahsoka show is going to fit in. There's a 30-year gap where they can connect so many things. They can do it so, so right. <laughs> I don't know the word to say. <laughs> they can make everything right. You know, they yeah. can write, you know, plot holes, everything. They have a 30-year gap to work with between six and seven. You know what I'm saying? And they, and they, have, and, and they have the writers. They have the minds to do it. So I think... Yeah. I think Star Wars is on a better course than how MCU phase, whatever they're going into. Yeah, I mean, just look at all of the shows and movies that have been made between like episode two and episode three, and then between episode three and episode four. And that was before Disney Plus was even a thing. So now they have like a platform specifically to make that type of content. Yeah, you know, and I just, you know, I just watched the uh, the animated. Uh, Star Wars Resistance series. It was okay. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. It had the it had, the, it had Kylo Ren moments in it. Nice. Which was kind of cool. But you, you know, it's like stuff like that. Like I'll watch stuff like that because it because it has it had uh, Phasmos in it, right? And they had uh, Hux, 
was in it, and it had Kylo in it. So, like, this took place in between seven, eight, and nine. This this little cartoon. Oh, nice. Series. So it's like they, they they hinted to like stuff that happened in the movies. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I enjoy stuff like that. You know, I enjoy the back and forth between series and the movies, and you know the connections and the plot holes and the the continuity of everything. You know, you, you know. Joe, that's what we kind of were taught in, you know, in school what to do. You know what I'm saying? They have that yeah. continuity, so you look for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's almost like a disease now. Like, like school ruined movies <laughs> for me. Because I, I don't, so sometimes I catch myself, like, having to rewind it for 20 minutes because I'm thinking about everything, you know, the whole <laughs> aspect. I'm like, oh, I'm not even, I'm not even being a, a person that should just be, I'm not even being a watcher. And right I was, I'm, I'm kind of like dissecting this as I go. But, I, yeah, I always find myself like, like looking at some of the special effects, being like, "I wonder what program they used to do this," or like, "I wonder if I would have been able to do that." You know, <laughs> right, right, most definitely, dude. And like, I, I doubt it because some of the some of the pro, the programs these guys use, the computers, the hardware they use. Oh yeah, like, I just I just watched um these guys on YouTube. I can't think of their names. Something uh got a. Uh, but they they um they wanted to see if their studio could CGI. The the uh, Luke Skywalker Mando uh, cameo better better than Disney could do it, and they okay. had they did, they did a pretty good job doing it. it. Took them like ten days for the computer with like like it, ten days that computer ran and like redrew his face and uh, Mark Hamill's face together and, and it kept going and it kept going and it was just it was like they had a crazy computer built for it though. So no, That's I don't insane because that was for like a, a three minute scene, right, dude crazy crazy how many pictures you had to take and everything so like i think when they did that they had an actor and then they cgi'd mark hamill's face on the actor and then deep faked mark hamill's face on the cgi of him on the actor talk Jeez. about layers on layers on layers bro <laughs> that is crazy to me, you know? that's insane it is it really is so but, i i'm kind of interested in seeing like how the Mandalorian will lead into the Force Awakens because I think we've gotten a few hints at like Snoke and the First Order and stuff like that. Uh, you know, like with the test that they were running on Baby Yoda, whose name we found out uh, to be Grogu. Grogu yes. was his name, but I still can't. I, nobody, nobody has stopped calling him Baby Yoda though. No, it's it's it, it's stuck being Baby Yoda, and like how 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 is he gonna play into this? You know, thirty year gap. What happens to him? Is he one? Is he is he one of the people that Kylo kills uh, at uh, at Luke's at you know, Jedi academy? camp? You know, <laughs> who knows? You know, could could that could that he could be could he could he be could he? How did he escape the Jedi Temple and not get you know lightsaber down by Anakin <laughs> with the other younglings? Could it have been Miss Windu? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because hey, many of Jedi have survived getting their hand cut off. Two that I know of in large falls. Few that I know of and get electricity and uh, electrocuted. A few that I know of. So it's not far off that Miss Windu can be back. Well, that's, okay. that, 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 that's what I hope. That, that was my hope the whole time was it was going to be a purple lightsaber coming down that corridor, not Luke. You know what that's... I'm saying? But that's right, a theory you know, I have not yet heard. So kudos to you. That's a really good one. Think <laughs> about it, right? Sweet of that. Okay, if that so, came into being. So uh, Mace Windu got his hand cut off. 
Yep, so did Anakin. So did uh, Luke, right? Yeah. He got electrocuted. So did Luke. He got electrocuted. Luke got, got electrocuted a lot worse than Mace Windu did. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it like, as soon as he got electrocuted, he got pushed out the window. And we've all seen, you know, Anakin survived the fall from uh, jumping out of a tall skyscraper or t- tall building and, and landing and grabbing like a, um, a, a pod or or another, you know, moving, you know, traffic. You know, so what, what makes you think that, that you know, Mason and Mason have done it? And plus, you know, they brought back a Palpatine, you know, in one of the worst <laughs> ways, in my opinion, ever. So it wouldn't be far off for them to bring back Mace Windu. I think it would be accepted. I think yeah. it would definitely be accepted. Especially if, if Samuel L. Jackson is down to return in that role, then everybody oh. would be down for that. Hell yeah, and he, and he would technically be older. And like I said, this takes place, what, four, three or four or five years after the Empire's fallen? Yeah. So you you can even do prequels to them. What happened like right after that? What happened between uh, six and what happened between seven is a thirty-year gap. There's so much stuff that they can do with that, dude. And I think, I honestly think that's why maybe it was art, you know, built that way, you know. But yeah, we'll find out. That's a good point. Yeah, there's there's endless possibilities of what you can do with that timeline and plenty of, plenty of ways that they could go. So I'm very excited for the future. Like I said, I think it's the best show on any television platform right now, aside from maybe like Bob's burgers, <laughs> like Bob's burgers and the Mandalorian are like <laughs> neck and neck, the best shows on TV. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, we can move on to uh, some sports talk if we're, if we're ready to get into that phase of things. Yeah, you want to back to the Book of Boba? You want to skip? Oh, yeah. Um, so everybody who watched the Mandalorian Season 2 finale hopefully stuck around for the, the post credit scene to see uh, it took us to Jabba's palace. I forget the name of his guard, but he was kind of starting to look like Jabba the way his oh, yeah. hair flap was like rolled around his neck and he put on some weight. Uh, right. Somebody told me they thought maybe that's what Hutts looked like. Like, Huts started out as humanoids, and then they just, like, gained a bunch of neck weight and eventually became those, like, slug figures. Because he, okay. he was kind of looking like uh, Jabba the Hutt at that point, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was getting all, you know, you know when, you're, when you're running a, a brothel and slaves, you know, you tend to probably eat pretty well. Right, uh, you kind of so. rest on your laurels a bit. But yeah, right, so... Right. Uh, Boba and his friend. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his friend's name. It's not Bo-Katan. That's the other... That's the female Mandalorian. Fennec. 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 Yeah. Um, so they come in and they just he just starts shooting up the place. And the dude's like, oh shit, Boba, it's you. And then he kills him, which is great. And then Boba just kind of like sits down, takes the throne, and says... And then, like, that's the end of it. And it says, the Book of Boba Fett coming... Uh, what was it? December twenty twenty one. They said. Yep, it's supposed to. It's, I, actually, I believe it's supposed to come before the Mando. I think that that show is going to drop before Mandalorian, and Mandalorians basically go back to back. Okay. Which I think. What I think that uh, that they're trying to do is just go back to back with like uh, 
Star Wars, Star Wars uh, show for two months, and then the MCU show for two months. Star Wars two months, and go back and forth, back and forth, and probably sprinkle stuff in. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like Disney lost a lot of like I know I know a lot of people that you know just uh, got Disney Plus when the Mando came out just to watch Disney Plus, just to <laughs> binge watch uh, Mando season one, and then unsubscribe. And then subscribe again a year later just to watch Mano and then unsubscribe. I don't think they want that. I think they, you know, they're going to start dropping show after show after show after show. You know, WandaVision just came out, which is very different. It's very different, but it's intriguing. And it's it's got me, my wife, and all my kids like, oh, it's intriguing. Okay, all right. So we've all all been watching it. But, you know, I I, I hope they continue it like that. You know what I'm saying? So we always have a show to watch. And I think Disney would like that as well. You know, it's you know, more money in their pockets. So. Right. Uh, plus the Kenobi show as well. Uh, they've started. Uh, they've they, That's in like the very early stages now, but it's official that we're going to get uh, the Kenobi right. series on Disney+. Plus. They, they have been sh- shooting the Andor show in England, I believe. I've been watching. Um, uh, they have behind-the-scenes footage of them filming that actually on Disney+, Plus, you could actually watch that. So that's gone for sure. You know what I'm saying? So there's like five other shows. How they're going to intertwine, if they're going to intertwine, are some of them going to intertwine, some of them are not. I hope that's how it is. So yeah. do something, though. I hope this book of Boba kind of intertwines, but I just, wanna, I just want Boba to go on bounty hunting. Uh, you, you know, like every show to be a different bounty hunter, you know what I'm saying? Like he finds a different bounty, and they're like, like, and there, there's probably just a main storyline, but every show he's going after a different boundary. You know, yeah. I think that would be kind of cool. Super excited for the possibilities with that. And bef- before we move on to sports, since you, you kind of brought up the MCU, uh, you know, the Mandalorian armor is made out of Beskar, and it can take on a lightsaber and not get destroyed. So it's yes. kind of like this impenetrable force in the galaxy, or this... this um defense you know and then captain america's shield is made out of vibranium obviously that's where like black panther and wakanda get all of their powers from do you think these two are like somehow related or one could be stronger than the other like say black panther came at din Djarin and black panther was wielding all the um i keep mixing them up the vibranium (laughs) and the mandalorian in beskar like who do you think would win Uh, i don't know that's a a, you know that's a good you know, a Mandalorian is still just a man in armor. You know, Black Panther. You know, he ate, he ate that you know thing to give him actual superpowers. Right. So I purple. would I would def I would definitely take uh, um, rest in peace, my man uh, Chadwick Boseman. I would definitely ch- take Black Panther to take on Mandalorian. I think the Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorians like- are, are raised to fight in battle from a very young age. So there's there's something to be said for. For them as well, you know, they're well renowned around the galaxy as some of the best fighters. I would, I would go and I would go as far and say I wouldn't go MCU. I would go DCEU and say I would compare Mando more to Batman with all the gits and gadgets and okay. getting it, getting out of it more with his mind and his gadgets and his technology than actual having this superhuman strength and. And you know, quick abilities and agilities and stuff like that. So I think, uh, but I do think Batman would would win that too. As much as I love <laughs> Mando, I think Batman would win that, and I think Black Panther would definitely beat him in the match. But 
Okay. I, I, I'm not taking away from uh, Mando, but I follow yeah. that logic. That makes sense. But um, before we go on, can, you, can I read this article about the Book of Bubba? It's kind of you know, it, 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 it's a cool article. It's from this this uh, uh girl or girl lady. Her name's Daisy Johnson from Inverse.com. Sure. Lays out a, a, a crazy theory, right? Okay. So it starts off between. Between Anakin being born of the Force, Luke being hidden on a moisture farm, or Ray being the secret granddaughter or daughter of Palpatine through some kind of cloning nonsense, you can't really be a Star Wars protagonist unless the circumstances of your birth were at least a little sketchy. Now, the Star Wars universe is branching out uh, more into TV series, and, and the trope seems more difficult to come by. Fortunately, the Book of Boba may revive this trademark for new era, and a new medium. Deep in the depths of the Star Wars non-canon legend tale, tales the story of Island Vell, the daughter of a single mother who hated her father for walking out of them and decided to dedicate her life to hunting him down and killing him, becoming the top-tier bounty hunter along the way. Sounds like a great Star Wars story, right? Mm-hmm. What makes it better is that the father is none other than Boba Fett. Um... Sorry. Apparently, between the events of the prequel and the original trilogies, Boba attempted to have a normal life. He settled down on Concord Dawn, married Cynthia Spell, another bounty hunter, and together they had young uh, uh, Aline. Boba didn't actually leave his family. He was exiled for murdering an officer who assaulted his wife. But still, Aline harbored contempt that would span 50 years. The hard part about tracking down Boba Fett is that he was he has the exact same face as countless other clones. Eventually, <laughs> Aline was able to track down a clone in Mandalorian armor. She killed him, but it wasn't her father. She then adopted the armor as her own, posing as her father and using his reputation to get jobs. Unfortunately, Aline never found her father while he was looking for her for decades after he left Concord Dawn. She was held prisoner and held by Kylo Ren lookalike Jason Solo, leaving only a only a daughter, Myrta, to bond with her grandfather. It's quite the tale, but it doesn't necessarily mesh with the new canon, at least not at first glance. Boba, could, Boba Fett could very well have a secret daughter as the window of his past is completely unaccounted for. However, in order for her story to reach our screens, she would actually have to be successful in her hunt for her father. The Book of Boba takes place around 10 ABY, that's after the Battle of Yavin. Aileen okay. was born around 15 BBY, meaning she would be about 25 around this time of period. We're talking about the Mandalorian around this time, you know what I'm saying? This this 30-year gap right now. Yeah. The, uh, when he pops up, she would be right around 25. So the perfect age for a clash of bounty hunters in a new series, followed by a family reunion and possibly a new main cast member. A new family member is exactly what Boba Fett needs at this point. After years of solitude, living on Tatooine, perhaps a meeting with his estranged daughter will remind him of his humanity and the life he had when he took off that iconic helmet. Then, once he's done with his armor, he can pass it down like his father passed it down to him. Island Vell is the daughter of two mountain hunters. Her journeys are prime spin-off material, and it all starts with the book of Boba Fett. Wow. So this, yeah, so this chick... Um, which again, her name is Daisy Johnson, and she writes for Inverse.com. I, I love this um, website because they kind of give good insight and like kind of like fresh, fresh views on stuff. So Inverse.com, you guys can you know check out. It's a good website. They um, 
got good writers. So it, it made me think, like, wow, that, that, that would be kind of something you throw in there. Like, so you had your main storyline is this, his daughter, right? His daughter's coming to get him in the main storyline. And if he doesn't know it, but in between this whole time, they're both looking for bodies and then maybe they run into each other. I think it'd be, I think that'd be a good story. But then again, it's legend and not canon. But then again, Boba, uh, Boba Fett getting out of the Sarlacc pit was legend at one point too. So true. Uh, however, however the cards lay down, I have the utmost in faith, utmost most faith, faith, or <laughs> you know the Star the Star Wars. You know, um, going forward, I really do. I think I think I think it's it's on par. It's on par to stay very have a very great continuity over the MCU. I really do. So I think so. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh- this episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Farbar Fashion. Visit far-ebar.com to check out a lineup of products such as shirts, hoodies bags, lots of different accessory type products. Again, that website is far-ebar.com. Check it out. Um, Lots of news regarding the Detroit Lions to get to. Obviously, back around Thanksgiving, they fired Matt Patricia. They fired general manager Bob Quinn. They have hired um, Brad Holmes the former director of college scouting for the Los Angeles Rams as their new GM. And they've hired. I'm trying to blank out. Dan Campbell. That's it. Uh, Former tight ends coach for the saints and a one time interim head coach of my Miami dolphins as their head coach. And uh, a couple other moves have been announced or at least hinted at um, like Anthony Lynn, possibly being the offensive coordinator uh, Deuce Staley coming on board the staff in a, as like a assistant head coach, uh, former Chiefs and Browns general manager John Dorsey joining the front office. Yep. And, and uh, the biggest storyline is uh, Matthew Stafford coming to the team and finally requesting a trade like we've all been waiting for. Huge, 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 huge. I think, I think him coming to the table on them saying anything's on the table, I think that's a very good sign. I, I you know, I think Matt's been good for this city, yeah. very good for this city. Um, that I, I, I hope it doesn't end. I, you know, in on bad terms. I don't think it will. I think I, I think it's ran, it's ran its course. I think it's gonna be a mutual thing. But um, I like every single move that Mrs. Martha Hamp Ford is making. Girlfriend, keep doing it. Keep doing it. The best thing I like about it is that she brings in this Holmes guy, right? This yeah. guy was a football player. He's an athlete. Okay, he understands. This is this is huge to me. You know what I'm saying? Because they they have they, had, they they hired Chris Spielman what a few months ago to to be uh, assistant to uh, CEO and president. That's huge to me. The guys, uh, the guys played uh, football his whole life. He's a pro. On and off the field, knows what he's talking about. Great person to go to. Same with Brad Holmes. Do what with the uh, I think North Carolina something defensive mm-hmm. tackle there <clears throat> comes out and then you know he, he, he his dad played, his uncle played, his nephew played. You know what I'm saying? You know he has a cousin that's playing. You know what I'm saying? So this guy is lives breathes 
football, right? Yeah. So then, then, then you get my man Dan Campbell, who I like him even better. Better now that I find out his birthday is April thirteenth. Wonderful day, absolutely oh, nice. beautiful day. <laughs> so, you know, he, he this is another player. He played for us too. Played for the Lions too. You know, he. He was a coach, interim coach for Miami, right? He played for yeah. uh, He was coach for Miami for a little bit. Miami, you know, uh, tight end coach, interim head coach, Saints for a little bit. Oh, uh, Detroit Lions just signed him, obviously. But you got two two players, two guys that know. And then, like you said, they're going after that uh, John Dorsey. Yeah, and then um... do you know John Dorsey scouted? Um, just uh, two little no, na- uh, no names, a quarterback that's playing. Uh, in the Super Bowl, his name's Mahomes. The other one was really close. His name was Mayfield. Was this guy This guy <laughs> is a scout. He was a former linebacker for the Packers. He's a player. He's been in the league. He scouted for friggin' Green Bay to Seattle, Kansas City. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So this guy knows his stuff. And like, like you said, um, uh, what's his face? The, uh, the Chargers head coach. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, getting Aaron Glenn from from New Orleans as a defensive coordinator, he's kind of viewed as like an up and comer type, like somebody who could, if, if he's, if he does what he's kind of expected to do, could be a head coach in the near future. Yeah. He was a Saints DB. He's a Saints DB coach. He played a defensive back in the league. So this is another player turned coach. This is, you, you, you got Holmes who's a player turned coach. You got Campbell player turned coach. You got Dorsey who's a player turned uh, scout who scouted two of the best uh, quarterbacks, probably top ten quarterbacks in the league right now. You know what I'm saying? Then yeah. you got Aaron Glenn, you know, player turned coach. Aaron Glenn, player turned coach. I love it. I love all these moves, man. Like I said, the inmates need to run the asylum. It should have been like that. We shouldn't have no uh, Quinn. Who's Quinn? <clears throat> Who's Quinn? This, this guy looks like he's uh, a – not to be mean. This guy looks like he was a manager at Applebee's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I don't know what his knowledge about football is. You know what I'm saying? But to me, right, just because he was around Bill Belichick for a long time, that doesn't really mean anything. You know who else was around Bill Belichick for a long time? A man named Tom Brady. And now people are starting to see that maybe Tom Brady was the system. Maybe the system was Tom Brady, not Bill Belichick. You maybe. know what I'm saying? Maybe we're gonna find out in the next two weeks. But, but. It just goes to show you that I trust player coaches, player GMs, player scouts. Look what happened in San Francisco when they brought on John Lynch. Yep. I, that's John just, Lynch, yeah, he turned that, that program around. around. You know what I'm saying? They had a rough year with, with Moster and Kittles and uh, what's-his-face, Garoppolo getting hurt, though. They had a rough year with, with injuries. If if they didn't, I think they'd go a little further than they, you know, uh, than they did this year. But I'm really big on these players that turn, you know, you know, into the faculty. I'm really big on that and because they understand the ins and the outs. They can relate to these players. You know what I'm saying? As a, a player, probably relate more with John Lynch because John Lynch was on the other side of the suit. You know what I'm saying? So and that's. That's what really excites me about Brad Holmes as a GM is that you look at the track record, track record of the Los Angeles Rams, and he was the director of college scouting. So he had a big hand in who they drafted. They've drafted really well, getting Aaron Donald, getting Todd Gurley. And then, you know, after they lost Todd Gurley, you barely even notice it because they replaced him with Cam Akers. And it's, it's almost like they didn't miss a beat. They got better. 
I, that's that's what really excites me about that because that's how all the best teams are built is through the draft, and that's where the Lions have just struggled. You know, I don't have to tell you. You know, taking Okuda at three, Hawkinson at eight. You can go all the way back to Mike Williams and Charles Rogers and those picks. You know, back in the day. So or Eric Ebron, like so many top ten picks that just didn't pan out. Right, and now. There's a, they have the number seven pick this year, and you kind of feel a little bit more comfortable, especially bringing in somebody like John Dorsey to help Brad Holmes along. Right, especially with, with uh, another pretty good quarterback, uh, you know, um, the draft coming in. You know, hopefully Trevor Lawrence might fall to us, you know. So, no, I, I doubt it. I've, I'm, I've I, bet my life that I know, I know, it. but, 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 <laughs> but what's, what's the way to do that? Trade up. Trade right. up. Start, start, make, start making these. Hey, Stafford's on the chopping block, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hey, if if, yeah. if if there's six other teams above us that want him, you make that trade, and maybe we can jump to one or two or three. You never know. But but with with uh, Brad Holmes coming out and saying, "Listen, dude, <laughs> anything is on the table, guy." And D- depending on, on who you trade with, uh, who you trade Stafford to, you could get a second first round pick. You could easily trade two first round picks. Say like, so say they trade with. Um, let me look up real quick. Let me just type this in and do some research. Are you just pushing buttons to make it sound like you're doing research <laughs> in front of you just to be cool? Like, yeah. So I, I believe <laughs> San Francisco. I, I think San Francisco will be the uh, the perfect landing spot for Stafford. I'm trying to figure out what pick they have. So, so then what happens to Garoppolo? I think they then? have like the 12th overall. I think San Fran has the fourth and 12th overall pick in the upcoming draft. Say they could trade Stafford for the 12th pick. Then the Lions have the seven and the 12. You could trade to to New York for, at number two for those two first round picks. Or you could trade with Miami, who has the number three pick. Get Miami what... seven and 12, and you get three. You can pretty much have your pick of quarterback yes. after, after Trevor Lawrence, pretty much. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, if they make these moves and they and they don't like and they don't stick to this loyalty crap that's gotten gotten them Matt Stanford for over ten years, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we might get over we finally might get over that hump. I like the fact that we have players and and, and, and these players, man, I'm sorry, they're gonna have hmm, they're gonna have a lot more of taking this personal. Losing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, gonna, they're gonna want to be winners. They're, they're gonna have that, you know, that that drive an athlete does. I don't think uh, Quinn had that. You know what I'm saying? I think he was just happy with having a, you know, uh, an office to go to and you know the paycheck to check. These guys have, you know, they want something more. You know what I'm saying? It's, oh, it's, that, yeah. it's that edge. It's that competitive edge in these in these athletes that want I'll, more. I'll say this so, about. Campbell as the coach too because the only head coaching experience he has was 12 games with Miami back in 2015 that Miami team was extremely talented and Joe Philbin was the coach I I thought they should have fired Joe Philbin the year before because he had multiple talented teams that just underperformed so that that team started out one in three after bringing in players like Ndamukong Sue they already had Brent Grimes Jarvis Landry um Devontae Parker as a rookie, uh, Cam Wake, lots of lots of really talented high end players, 
And they started off one and three, and their only win was like a three-point win over Washington. So they fired Philbin. They promoted Campbell to interim head coach. And they won their first two games against the Titans and Texans, who were both pretty good that year, by 20 points or more. They blew out the Texans. Like, they scored 42 first-half points. And I was like, this dude can coach. And they, they kind of faltered down the line, but they finished – he finished five and seven as the coach that year. Uh, but you could tell, like, they just came out a lot more energetic each game. So I think he does have that that fiery f- coach factor to him that if he if he can't call plays but you surround him with experienced people like Anthony Lynn who can call the plays and you just kind of let him do overall head coaching duties, then that's that's going to be really good for him. Yeah, most definitely. Didn't, didn't they have Kenyon Drake at running back too? Uh, I think that was the year before they drafted the Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. What else did they have? They had like Kenny Stills on that team, uh, Jordan Cameron at tight end, Deion Sims. Lots of really good players on that team. They just underperformed. Most definitely. But yeah, it's it's like if you're an athlete, especially at the caliber that these guys played the game at, it, it's, it, it, you just have a different, you know, I don't know. Obviously, I didn't play this level. This is just all right. assumption <laughs> and speculation. But you would assume that these guys who played this game all their life as a player and then become on the coaching side of it or on the, you know, the office side of it, they're, they're going to still have that competitive edge. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to go away. That's always going to – it's, it's always going to eat away at them. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very happy with these ones. Um, this is what I – I couldn't believe that all these all these co- coaching hires were coming in and these scouts. And uh, I'm just like, oh, my God, these all these guys are, you know, ex-players, yeah. been in the league a long time, have it, it feels like just dominoes falling, and hopefully it'll result in just getting this – this franchise out of out of the dumps, right? Hopefully they take those falling dominoes and make a little stonehenge. You know I'm saying something beautiful yeah. that'll stay. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I, I'm happy about it. I'm I'm just happy to hear that Stafford like him move. No 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 ill will towards the man. I think he's like I said. I think he's a great fire city. He is he is a great ambassador for Detroit. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but you know it's it's, it's, it's best for both parties. Right? Absolutely. Played his course, and we're hoping it leads to a Super Bowl. And we're just gonna look ahead to Super Bowl Fifty Five LV uh, Tampa Bay. They are gonna be the first team ever to host the Super Bowl. Wow. They will play the Super Bowl in their home stadium, and they will be hosting the defending champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, damn, I, I can't. I, I hate it, but I I can't do anything but tip my cap to. Tom Brady, granted, you know, he has some great wide receivers and running backs around him in Tampa, but I always argued that it was the system. It was it was the Patriot way. It wasn't really him. And it was cool seeing the Patriots lose so much this year, but it wasn't uh, that crazy and Brady do so well. And now he, he's back in the Super Bowl. I, I didn't see that one coming. Um, neither did I. But you know what? They surrounded him with such great talent. I think that Fournette pickup weeks before the season started was absolutely huge for them. You have a you have a you have a beast like Jones in the in the backfield. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And this is what always happens when it comes to you know good coaching, good play calling. Is that I'm you know the whole year 
Jones has been their number one guy. Bruce Arians come out and said Jones is our number one guy. Ronnie's the number one guy. He's come out. He's number one guy. Come out the backfield. So, so you're thinking all year long that Ronnie's your guy. Jones is the guy. They yeah. sat there, right? And they probably, and the Packers probably were thinking, okay, we got to contain this Ronnie. You know, they're they're playing for Ronnie. All of a sudden, they're throwing Fournette up in there. You know, this is what happens sometimes. Sometimes you you kind of lull your opposition to sleep with how you play. And then Tom Brady, just like just like Bruce Arians said, I didn't have to coach yesterday. I just sat back and watched Tom do this thing. It's a dude's a monster <laughs> out there. But that you know, even 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 the ones that got away from him, the, the interceptions that got away from him, they didn't get away from him that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like when when Peyton Manning. <laughs> Was playing the last Super Bowl, those balls were getting away from him. Dude. He couldn't. He, oh, he, yeah, he no, was he, done. He was. You can tell he's done. Tom Brady still got a little zip on the ball. You know what I'm saying? They needed that. They needed that first down. He hit that uh, number 18. I can't think of his name. The, the rookie wide receiver. He threw some zip on that. Tom, Tom still got zip on the ball. He still got a little. Tyler Johnson. Yeah, he still got. Yeah, that guy. He still got a little zip. The the, the interception that went off of like Evans's hand. Personally, yeah. I would say that's more Mike Evans' fault. You got your hands on it. Tom might float it up there, but you're a big back. Get up there and get it. This is a huge game. Get up there and get it. Jump up there and get it, buddy. Highest peak. Top of the, top of the point. Get it. You should have gotten that. But Tom is composed, man. And I think everybody around him kind of feels that leadership. This dude's been here before. Let's just, you know, play this out the way he's wanted to play it out. And it, it's going to work, dude. And it just, it just shows me that. I, I I always thought that Tom was the system. The, the system, he wasn't a system quarterback. You can plug and play him in the system. He was that system. There's no other quarterback that could have done that in that system. I'm going to be cheering so hard for the Chiefs, man. I want the Chiefs yeah, to win man. so bad. You know what's going to happen? And I, I'm wearing my I'm wearing my Mahomes Mania shirt right now. You got one of those? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Dude, Mahomes is my dude. Like, he's if he if if they win the Super Bowl, I think he's just gonna even take off further than he has. I he has the potential to outdo Brady. I think he has the potential to win eight Super Bowls. Wow, whoa, chill out, LeBron. <laughs> not one, not two, not three, not three. But uh, no, I, I I love Mahomes. Don't get me wrong, but you know you're gonna be wearing your Mahomes Mania shirt. I'm gonna I don't have no Tampa Bay. Anything, some will go for the next best thing and wait and wear something amazing blue, baby. Because Tom Brady is all we still have to brag about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't got anything in Ann Arbor, buddy. So, you know, we're still holding on to Tom Brady being the king and uh, the king is being from uh, Ann Arbor. So that's, that's all I got to, you know, my head I mean, I, w- I was like three years old last time Tom Brady was playing in Ann Arbor. <laughs> so, uh... I hate him because he played for the Patriots for so long, and I just began to hate him by himself too. Oh man! No, I was I was telling I was telling our friend Mike the other day, like, yeah, I'm really happy. I hope I hope Jim Harbaugh stays at Michigan forever. Oh my god! Oh my god! You know what, man? I was like, they were healthy. You know what? They were healthy enough to play Ohio State. They were healthy enough to play Ohio State. (laughs) That's that's my suspicion too. He punked. They punked out after the after the Michigan State loss. They punked out so bad. It was just, oh, we'll get that. Then we get that Ohio State. Nope, not with you, Jim. He, he, 
you can change your khakis. They have the blue khakis that you want a little change of scenery, buddy. Leave <laughs> Ann Arbor if you want a little change of scenery. Shake it up, the mundanes. You know, like <laughs> I don't know what this, else to say, dude. Bye, bye, Jimmy. You know, this turned into like a, a hate Jimmy. You know, podcast. No, no, dude. I'm um, I'm fun. over it. So, so you're riding with the Buccaneers to mm-hmm. win the Super Bowl two weeks from now. Absolutely. I think, All right, I, I I gotta... think what's going to happen is everyone thinks Mahomes going to do his, you know, his jump in the air, side shuffle throws and, you know, be Mahomes. But I think they're going to quell, you know, what he's going to do. Yeah, I mean Tampa, they've got they've got William Golston and Adamakon Sue on that defensive line. So you know they're they're not they're not gonna mess around. The problem is is they got the they got two two of their safeties out. Whitehead's out with the shoulder injury, and you got uh Wynn Jr. You know, yep. he's and now too. uh so Eric Fisher, the left the left tackle for the Chiefs, central Michigan guy, he's he's gonna miss the Super Bowl. He tore his Achilles on Sunday uh, against Buffalo. That's that's so sad, dude. And you know what? Yeah. I, I think Oh, that's a bummer, dude, to make it that far, that far to play in the, you know, that game of your, you know, you've been dreaming your whole life. So, you know, well, yeah. well, I mean, he but... played in it last year and won, so at least he got that. Well, there you go. That's true, too. But, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, I'm, I am I think if Mahomes' turf toe doesn't affect him too much, then I think Kansas City should win the game. I mean, they still got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been exceptionally well. I think they've kind of been hiding Levy on Bell, you know, because he joined the team. He's had a couple like really nice games, a couple touchdowns here and there, but hasn't really right. produced as much. If they're gonna pull. They're gonna pull like a like a Fournette. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Levy on Bell scores two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. You know what, Joe? I totally forgot about uh, Levy on Bell, and he could be that little dark horse creeper, kind of like how Fournette was for. Right. You know, them against that's that's a very I, I totally forgot about him. Dude. Plus, you you give Andy Reid two weeks to prepare for a game like Andy Reid's Andy Reid statistically coming off the bye week is the best coach in that scenario. So I'm I'm hoping he pulls through again. Oh, really? Because I think um I think Tom Brady making it the Super Bowl is like the best human being to ever step. Yeah, but he's not a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Statistically speaking, Joe, but you know, we'll I mean, he out. did lose twice to Eli Manning and once to Nick Foles, though. Yeah, that's true. Anything's I, like possible. Nick Foles. I, like, I like Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. I like Nick I Foles. I, I got his autograph up in my room right behind me nice. as I'm recording this from uh, the two semesters he spent at Michigan State. I got right, I wasn't, didn't he, was he transfer from State? Yeah, because um, he. Uh, because uh, Keith Nickel was coming in, like he he was him and Kirk Cousins were gonna battle out for the starting job, and then Keith Nickel, who was like a former five star quarterback, was transferring in. So, yeah, and then it ended up being Kirk Cousins, anyways. So, wow, good times. So, plus Brian Hoyer was on that roster too, and he's an NFL quarterback now. Granted, so, he's he's a career backup, but still, yeah, yeah. Well, we have Chad Henney. Maybe, maybe Chad Henney might come in and, uh, you know, what if, what if, you know, what if, what if something happens to uh, uh, Mahomes, you know, protocol again? Chad Henney comes in, Michigan quarterback gets Michigan quarterback. That's like, that's like, Henny, that's like, that's like, that's like that's <laughs> dream right there. Anything is possible. 
anything is possible. Yeah, when you're drinking NEC, you might be a little tipsy, but they, you know, that might go that way. But no, um, I think Tampa Bay is going to probably win about a few touchdowns. I really think they're going to surprise Damn, that's... Kansas City. I think we're we're gonna end up putting some type of like money down on this before before the game gets here. That's I feel like that's where we're heading. We, we might have to. We ain't got much, but it might be something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Dude, I, I freaking think... hate Chad Henney because he was so bad as the Dolphins' quarterback. My goodness, <laughs> yeah, it was, you... I was like the worst three-year stretches of my fandom when when Chad Henney was our quarterback. Dude, I'm glad. I'm glad a Michigan quarterback. He was awful. I, once, once you graduate from college and go to the NFL, I don't care like where you went, especially for playing for my team. But he was so bad in the pros; it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, but he's a, he's a pretty good backup for Kansas City. So, yeah, yeah. So, what what do you think is going to happen? How do you think it's going to be close game, or? Uh, I do. I think it'll go back and forth. I just think the Chiefs have showed so many times that they, they don't wither under pressure. Like, we, they've erased 24-point deficits in the blink of an eye. They just – they don't flinch. I think even if they get delivered a, a punch or two that they're going to keep coming back. And uh, I do think the Chiefs win. I think they win by either seven or ten points. Nice. I, I, I'm i really intrigued now that you brought up the on Bell thing. I'm really intrigued with that because – I, I like those little dark horses that you know they can slip in once, you know, once in a while. I'll so, I'll lose my mind if if Mahomes has a touchdown pass to Le'Veon Bell in the Super Bowl. I'll freak out. It would be sweet. What if it was a Le'Veon Bell pass to Mahomes in the Super Bowl? <laughs> they do <laughs> like even better. Laugh, you know, they call it like they a pull out the, the Philly special. Yeah, the Philly yeah. special. That's what Philly special. They call it a you know a KC KC special. Yeah. Until until Tua. Takes the Dolphins to the Super Bowl. I'm just going to keep rolling with Kansas City okay. to hopefully win these games. Fair enough. I guess that yeah, could be your adopted team. <laughs> but Tua will get us there very soon. No, I don't think Maybe so. Maybe not I very think, soon, but I think, they I, th- I think the way they treated Fitzmagic is cursed. Fitzmagic cursed the, line, the, uh, the Dolphins. No, I think they're going to bring back Ryan Fitzpatrick and – Hopefully keep him around for a while because those two are buds. They love each other. No. Best friends. He said he was devastated when they took the uh, uh, starter when they let Tua start. <laughs> after yeah, he played but... a good. Yeah, after he went in and played a good like fourth quarter. Like let's start him now, and it's like okay, later Fitzmagic, you and that sweet chest hair of yours, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Best beard in sports, but he came back. He, like Tua got hurt, and he he came back. He started the Jets game, came back in the Las Vegas game, and had the greatest no look pass of all time when he's getting his head pulled off. I think I, I hope the Dolphins keep him around. I think I think uh, Fitzpatrick is like the best journeyman quarterback of all time. I have no argue here, okay. no argument here. All right, at least, at least we're going on a good note. <laughs> Anyways, man, it was good talking to you again i know it's been a, a long time but it's good to get the band back together absolutely um yeah um before we go i want to do a little uh, a rendition of the mandalorian as peter griffin so okay we can go out like that um this has been beers radio i'm sasha 
And I'm Joe. Beards for Radio.